Silent running is a term used in submarine warfare. And in a submarine situation where you're being pursued by the enemy, uh, uh, submarines are trying to be undetected. And, and when depth charges are being uh, used to blow them up, often a submarine would uh, uh, dump a bunch of oil slicks and debris and, and then go very silent in what's called silent running mode to avoid detection and make the enemy believe that they had been blown up uh, and therefore not worthy of pursuit. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. What's happening, everybody? This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 583 for Sunday, April 17th, 2016. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today I'm going to take a look at the sci-fi cult classic Silent Running from 1972. It stars Bruce Dern and two robots. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to this movie. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. convoy on a strange voyage carrying a rare cargo the forests the plants the growing things doomed to extinction on earth we have just received orders to abandon and nuclear destruct all the forests and return our ships to commercial service and we're going home you can't blow up this forest Silent running. Cataclysm in outer space. Every moment bringing its own danger as man explores the mysteries of an unknown and limitless universe. 
Valley Forge, Valley Forge, what the hell's wrong? You're moving out, you're accelerating. I've got a premature detonation on dome number two, and I've got an explosion in the main cargo deck. Now, please advise me immediately. Give me Barker. I can't find Barker. I can't find Wolf or Keenan either. I'm afraid, Neil, that they might have been in dome number two. Dome number one. Meet the almost human drones, amazing companions on a journey beyond the stars. <laughs> the man has a full house and he knew it. Now how about that? Here Joan Baez sing Rejoice in the Sun and Silent Running. Silent Running is an American science fiction movie. It stars Bruce Dern. It features Cliff Potts, Ron Rifkin, and Jesse Vent. Douglas Trumbull directed the movie. Derek Washburn, Mike Cimino, and Steve Bochco wrote the story. Peter Shekel composed and conducted the music. Michael Gruskopf produced the movie. Silent Running was released March 10, 1972 and has a running time of 90 minutes. Here's a little background about the director and the star of today's movie. Starting with the director, Douglas Trumbull. He is an American film director, special effects supervisor, and inventor. He was born Douglas Huntley Trumbull on April 8, 1942 in Los Angeles, California. His work can be seen in such films as 2001 A Space Odyssey, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and Blade Runner. He has been nominated three times for the Academy Award for Best Special Effects for his work. He invented the technology that would later be used in simulator rides, like the Back to the Future ride in Universal Studios. He was inducted into the Science Fiction Hall of Fame in 2010. Next up, Bruce Dern. He's an American actor. He was born Bruce McLeish Dern on June 4, 1936 in Chicago, Illinois. He is best known for his role as Freeman Lowell, the caretaker of Earth's last forest in today's movie. He frequently takes supporting character roles, often playing mentally unstable bad guys. In the 1960s, he was a guest star on almost every television show on at the time. He was in my favorite episode of The Outer Limits, The Xanti Misfits. He has appeared in over 80 films and has been nominated for the Academy Award twice, once for Best Actor, once for Best Supporting Actor. He has a star of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And that's all I have for movie information, so now let's get into the movie. The movie starts off in outer space near Saturn. There are three space freighters, the Berkshire, the Sequoia, and the Valley Forge. Each space freighter has six domes. Each dome contains animals and plant specimens from Earth's forests. 
The earth is now barren, and these are the last forests from earth. The main character of the movie is Freeman Lowell. He's a botanist aboard the Valley Forge. He has been taking care of the forest on the Valley Forge for the past eight years. The crew of the Valley Forge consists of Lowell, Keenan, Barker, and Wolf. They also have three maintenance drones with them. Maintenance drone one, maintenance drone two, and maintenance drone three. When the movie starts off, the crew is awaiting an important transmission. I wish they'd hurry up with that transmission. I want to go to bed. I suggest that you uh, reach deep down inside yourself there and try and find something that'll keep you awake just a little while longer because this transmission coming up may just uh, rekindle your will to live. You think it'll be a recall? Well, let's just say that I feel my communications may finally bear some fruit. Mm, cantaloupes, maybe. I'll let that uh, witticism slide by, because it's my feeling that they're about to reestablish the parks and forest system. With you, no doubt, as director, you could think of anybody better, more qualified. Really, it's uh, more likely... Oh, wait a second now. Let me just ask him a question here. I've spent my entire last eight years up here dedicated to this project. Now, can you think of anybody more qualified? Really, it's more likely that they're going to announce cutbacks. <laughs> Sorry. There's no way they're going to announce cutbacks. Not after this amount of time. Hey, Lowell, you're dreaming. And you don't think it's time somebody had a dream again? You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? What about the forests? You don't think anyone should care about these forests? What's going to happen if these forests and all this incredible beauty is lost for all time? The transmission comes in, and they have been ordered to destroy the domes and return their ships back to commercial service. Hi, this is from Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. This is Tom Central. Channel open for executive order AUC-3423. Listen to this, boys. This is Anderson speaking. Boys, I have to make an announcement. We have just received orders to abandon and nuclear destruct all the forests and return our ships to commercial service. I have received no explanation. And we must begin at 0900 in the morning. God have mercy on us all. This is it. We're going home. Uh, I can't believe it. I told you. I told you what I said. You just huh? pack up those domes and go home. Destructive all forest units. Kiss them goodbye, boys. Oh, I'm sorry. Makes sense, you know. Insane. Lowell is stunned by the transmission. He can't believe they've been ordered to destroy the domes. Later on, Lowell gets in an argument with his crewmates over the importance of the forest and pleads with them not to destroy the domes. I want a front row seat when these babies go. I'll bet you do. Lowell, do you have to eat that stuff in there? It stinks. You never let up to me. Yeah. Oh, oh, now you hurt his feelings. I'd like to know what any one of you knows about real food. Lowell, what do you mean, real food? What, out of the dirt? That's real food, isn't it? That's right. This happens to be nature's greatest gift. To his celibate, maybe. <laughs> Go on, you guys. 
Maybe you know something we don't. Hmm? Hey, look, give me a slice of that cantaloupe, huh? Hey, don't ask Lowell for a slice. I'd be delighted to give you a slice of that cantaloupe. Just sit down and shut up. Sit down, sit down, sit down. And shut up and leave me alone, all of you, now. Let me eat. Hey, now, what's a big deal? I can't see the difference between that and this anyway. You don't see the difference? The difference is that I grew it. That's what the difference is. That I picked it and I fixed it. And it has a taste and it has some color. And it has a smell. And that it calls back a time when there were flowers all over the earth. And there were valleys. And there were plains of tall green grass that you could lie down in, that you could go to sleep in. And there were blue skies. And there was fresh air. And there were things growing all over the place, not just in some domed enclosures blasted some millions of miles out into space. Look at that stuff. How can you guys sit there and really say anything to me about this? Look at this crap. Look at that. Dried synthetic crap. And you've become so dependent on it that I bet you can't even live without it. What do we want, Olo? Don't you realize how pitiful that is, what you just asked me? On Earth, everywhere you go, the temperature is 75 degrees. Everything is the same. All the people are exactly the same. Now, what kind of life is that? Lola, if it's so rotten, why do you want to go back? Because it's not too late to change it. <laughs> what do you want, Lola? I mean, there's hardly any more disease. There's no more poverty. Nobody's out of a job. That's right. Every time we have the argument, you say the same thing to me. You give me the same three answers all the time. The same thing. Well, everybody has a job. That's always the last one. But you know what else there is no more of, my friend? There is no more beauty. And there's no more imagination. And there are no frontiers left to conquer. And you know why? Only one reason why. One reason why the same attitude that you three guys are giving me right here in this room today. And that is nobody cares. Look on the wall behind you. Look at that little girl's face. I know you've seen it. But you know what she's never going to be able to see? She's never going to be able to see the simple wonder of a leaf in her hand. Because there's not going to be any trees. You think about that. Fact is, Lola, if people were interested, something had been done a long time ago. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think you guys understand what this means. Please don't blow up the domes. Which one first? Outboard cluster first, let's at but six. Well, you disposable. have the confidence that outboard clusters are not... any choice, Lola. It takes new to They're not replaceable. Barker, Keenan, and Wolf follow their orders and begin to destroy the domes. Keenan comes into the dome where Lowell is working. Lowell tries to stop Keenan. A fight breaks out between the two men, and Lowell kills Keenan. You're not coming in here. What are you doing, Lowell? You're not coming in here. Look, I know how you feel. You don't know how I feel. If you knew how I felt, you wouldn't be in here with that. Listen, I'm on a tight schedule, and I don't want to have to fight with you. Look, I don't care about you. your schedule. You are not using those things in my forest. Listen, I ain't got time to argue. Now move. You're not going to do it. Lowell is injured during the fight with Keenan. He limps his way to the bridge, where he traps Barker and Wolf in one of the other domes. He jettisons the dome where Barker and Wolf are into space, detonates the nuclear charge, killing Barker and Wolf. 
Lowell orders the drones to jettison some cargo containers and fires up the engines. He fakes an emergency and heads into deep space. Valley Forge, approach to Valley Forge. I have an emergency ignition on Valley Forge. Reading. Red 990. I get a 2-4 on Valley Forge, reading red. Valley Forge to Berkshire, I've got an emergency. Neil, can you read me, Neil? I got a main bus blowout on numbers 3, 8, and 10 panels. I've got a premature detonation on dome number 2, and I've got an explosion in the main cargo deck. Now, please advise me immediately. I read you. Put on Wolf, Lowell. No, 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 no. Change that. Give me Barker. I can't find Barker. I can't find Wolf or Keenan either. I'm afraid, Neil, that they might have been in dome number 2. God, you don't. You just blew up. Stand by. Lowell's leg needs medical attention. He reprograms the three maintenance drones to perform surgery on his leg. As the Valley Forge passes through the rings of Saturn, drone number three is swept away into deep space. Later, Lowell would give the three drones names, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Boys, uh, I'd like to make an announcement. Um, from now on, Drone number two, you will answer to the name of Huey. And drone number one, you will answer to the name of Dewey. And little Louie, God bless him, he's, he's not with us anymore. Huey? You take one step forward. <laughs> That's super. Now, Dewey, you also take one step forward. <laughs> That's really excellent. Now, um, you see, what I've done is I've uh, reprogrammed both of you so that now you respond directly to me. Now, that, that means that you'll still run the same maintenance checks and perform the same duties that you've been doing on the ship, but you'll also be spending much more time with me in the forest. And you shouldn't have much of a problem in then making the necessary readjustments. And I realize that we've really had a rough journey. got our work cut out for us but I think that the three of us together as a team we can we can manage okay is that alright with you guys? Later on Lowell programs Huey and Dewey to play poker with him well, What are you doing? You just threw down three kings You're nuts, you know that? Well, uh, your hand is obviously dead and let's see what you got here well, he's got trash, so uh, obviously I'm the winner with three sevens. Thank you, boys. I'm sorry. you got to be quicker than that. you got to get up in the morning and beat old Freeman, let me tell you. Early in the morning. It's all mine. Now, this time we'll play another hand, and I don't want any mistakes. I mean, it's up to you, you know. We're not playing for three-in-one oil here, you know. We're playing for money. Okay, now, Dewey, you took two. No, I wasn't looking. Hey, now, just a minute. What have I said about talking between you guys? Now, come on, that's not fair. I'm here all by myself, and you guys are talking between yourselves. Now, that's not fair. That's a house rule. No more talking. Now, how many cards do you want? 
You don't want any cards? You just saw what the man did last hand, and you don't want any cards? Dealer's taken too. All right, Huey. What have you got? <laughs> the man has a full house and he knew it. Now, how about that? The man had a full house and he knew it. <laughs> As time goes on, things get back to normal. Then one day, Lowell notices that the forest is dying. He tries everything and still can't figure out why the forest is dying. Around this same time, a rescue ship spots the Valley Forge. The rescue ship will dock with the Valley Forge in a few hours. Just as he's talking to the commander of the rescue party, he discovers the solution to the forest problem. Lowell? <laughs> I'm mighty glad to see you, boy. Who is this? This is Anderson, Lowell. My God, we've looked high and low for you. How did you find me? Why, why did you even try? Hey, you must be kidding. We couldn't just let you go without at least trying to find you. We said we'd send out a search party. I guess I forgot. It wasn't easy finding you either, even with our deep space tracking. Raven, you'll have to find some way to jettison the dome. Huh? And it's awfully dark out here, so it'll be safer if you don't blow it up. The sun. That's what it is. The sun. Did you hear what he just said? It's the sun. The forest wasn't getting enough sunlight. Lowell sets up artificial lights all over the surviving dome. Lowell then tells Dewey to take care of the forest while he and Huey stay aboard the Valley Forge. Dewey? I've taught you everything that I know about taking care of the forest here. And, uh... That's all that you have to do from now on. Is just maintain the forest. Now, these lights here will do the job that the sun would do. They'll help revive everything. I just can't do it anymore. You see, things are... Things just haven't worked out for me. Care of yourself, do we? Huey, you have to come with me because you're just not working well enough to help, do we? Berkshire to Valley Forge, Berkshire to Valley Forge. We'll be docking on your port side in two hours. Stand by for updates. Lowell jettisons the last dome. As the last dome floats into space, Lowell arms and detonates a nuclear charge, destroying the Valley Forge. The last scene of the movie is of the last dome floating in the deep space, 
with Dewey caring for the forest. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. Silent Running was filmed inside the decommissioned aircraft carrier, Valley Forge. The Valley Forge was a veteran of World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. The flight control area and the hangar deck of the carrier were modified, painted, to represent the space freighter in the movie. The Navy charged the movie company $2,000 a week to rent the Valley Forge. The model of the Valley Forge space freighter was 25 feet in length and constructed of steel, wood, and plastic. The model no longer exists as it was disassembled and destroyed several years after filming. One of the original domes from the model has survived in good condition. It's currently in the Science Fiction Museum in downtown Seattle. Several shots of the Valley Forge and her sister ships were later reused in the television series Battlestar Galactica. They were the aggro ships in the ragtag fleet. The three drones, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, were named after Donald Duck's nephews. The drones were played by four bilateral amputee actors. Joel Hodgson, director of Mystery Science Theater 3000, credits Silent Running as being the inspiration for his show. George Lucas credits Huey and Dewey for being a major inspiration for R2-D2 and C-3PO. Now it's time for the Star Trek Connection. Today's Star Trek Connection is Douglas Trumbull. He was the special photographic effects director on Star Trek The Motion Picture. He also created the technology used in the simulator rides I talked about earlier. And there was a simulator ride in the old Las Vegas Star Trek The Experience. It was the Klingon Encounter Ride. And that's all I have for trivia. Here are my comments about the movie. I watched the 2003 DVD release from Universal Studios. This DVD is loaded with special features. It comes with an audio commentary by the director, Douglas Trumbull, and actor Bruce Dern. There's another documentary on the making of Silent Running. There's a featurette about Silent Running from Douglas Trumbull. There's a conversation with Bruce Dern. And then there's another featurette about Douglas Trumbull then and now. And of course, the theatrical trailer. The sound and picture quality on this DVD are really good. This is one of my favorite science fiction movies. I remember when I was a kid, Silent Running was a double feature at the drive-in with the Andromeda Strain, which I'll probably cover in the next podcast. Silent Running has a great story. It, here it is in a nutshell. You've got a guy that's been on a spaceship for eight years taking care of plants in the forest, and then they tell him to blow it up. He goes a little postal, kills his crew, and then heads into deep space. That's a pretty decent story. Uh, Bruce Dern is excellent in this movie. I mean, nobody can play crazy like Bruce Dern. He's got them crazy eyes. I love the special effects in this movie. I mean, I like practical effects versus CG. Everybody knows that by now. But um, the model of the Valley Forge, it looks so good. And this movie's 45 years old, and the special effects in this movie still hold up today. It still looks good. I think that shooting this movie inside an aircraft carrier was a great idea. All they had to do was make some modifications, paint the interior, add some furniture, and bam, you've got the Valley Forge. Another thing I liked was the robots, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They were so awesome. I mean, I didn't know that there was people inside there until a couple years ago when I was watching, when I was watching this movie again. But um, love the poker scene with the robots. That's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. It's too bad that Louie had to die, though. 
Another thing I liked was the dune buggies. Man, I wanted one of those when I was a kid so bad. And to tell you the truth, I still want one. The only thing I really didn't like about this movie was the music by Joan Baez. Man, that music really dates this movie. I mean, you can listen to the movie, close your eyes, and you go, okay, that was the late 60s, early 1970s. That's it. Other than that, this is a great movie, and I would recommend this movie to all science fiction fans. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a solid 8. And those are my comments about this movie. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week with the good folks from the Star Wars Stacks, Jen, Chris, and Joe, and they'll be taking a look at Star Wars Rebels Season 2. I'm going to end today's podcast with a heaping helping of Joan Baez. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.
listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Join the forum at treksinsci-fi.com forward slash forum or write to Rico today. TrekSF at gmail.com Until next time, live long and prosper. Treks in 